Welcome to Travolting. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering perfect. Enjoy the episode. Thank you, folks. Uh, welcome to our episode on Perfect, as the intro said. Thank you all for joining us last week for Two of a Kind. Two of a Kind. The greatest movie ever made. Last week. And for- our best episode. I keep forgetting that the movie that we covered last week was Two of a Kind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's about angels, and I keep I keep wanting to say Eyes of an Angel. Yeah. Because it has angels in it. It's is, is to my knowledge that Eyes of an Angel does not have an angel in it. Well, whoever did that should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> But no, this week we are covering Perfect. Perfect. In my humble opinion, more like imperfect, if you get what I'm saying. Well, we had to get one out of the way. Yeah. We had to do one perfect joke. More like... This movie's not perfect. Far from perfect. It's very far from perfect. Quite imperfect, one might say. Yes. Um, Yes. Also, should we acknowledge uh, the girlfriend in the room? Yes. Sure. (laughs) Hi, Becca. Do you want to say hi? See, I feel like I need to kick your ass. It, in my head, I thought I was almost going to say elephant of the room, like, oh, she's going to kick my ass if I sell elephant of the room. So I changed it to girlfriend of the room. So it's not elephant yeah, of the room. There, so. Becca is a very amazing. She's our person. graphic designer. Yes. Among our graphic designer. So actually, for folks listening to the podcast, we've had Becca on all of our episodes. <laughs> she's just been extremely silent. Extremely silent, sitting in the corner and hasn't said a word. So I just thought we addressed Becca. Hi, Becca. Yeah. All right. Back to perfect. Yes. Back to perfect. Becca's um, perfect. Yes. I, I, I agree with this. This statement. Yeah. Uh, because I, 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 are I, you guys going to say who I'm dating in the room? Me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, for folks listening, Jeff and Becca are in a relationship. Yes. <laughs> Present. Yeah. We should give context to my previous statement, girlfriend of the room. She is dating Jeff Sweeney. Yeah. Yes. So for people true. on our Apple podcast, who's putting all those like yeah, from- sexual comments for <laughs> yeah. Jeff Sweetie, just know that he's yeah, I'm getting a lot of talk about my voice on the podcast. So thank you, but uh, stop. They love your voice, Jeff. They do. Anyway. Um, it's a perfect voice. Yes. You know what else is perfect? Not this movie. The title of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> We'd love to see yes. it. But uh, before we get into that i do want to give a very special shout out on this episode yeah yeah to uh, i'm bringing up the name right now mm-hmm. give me a second i'm a little behind awkward dead sign yeah a little dead sign all right here we go i want to give a shout out to reddit user u slash adi and eddie who is our first post on the subreddit yeah uh, he Listen to our Saturday Night Fever episode really enjoyed it wrote a little analysis of the movie and his thoughts on our episode yeah uh, he says he's a fan from Minnesota, and uh, we're glad that you enjoyed the episode, and we're happy to have you aboard. Minnesota. Yeah. What's, his, what's the Reddit user? Adi and Eddie. Adi and Eddie. So I don't know if this is Adi or Eddie who posted the, uh, hmm. the post, but we want to give a special shout out and a thanks to our first Reddit fan. Well, Reddit user Adi, Eddie, um, we appreciate you having fun listening to our podcast. We just We do want to have a clarification that we are disbarred from australia any cowboy communities white castle 
what else, Jeff? We've just if you like episode eight, <laughs> if you like Star Wars episode eight, um, no, if you don't like it, you aren't allowed to listen to the show. If you don't like episode eight, yeah, and if you want us to cover Welcome Back, Cotter, yes, all of those things, then I apologize. But if you, you're you're taking a risk uh, enjoying the show because we've just alienated half the world's population. Yes, so therefore. They must really be devoted to the podcast, yes. and therefore we we really do you. appreciate it. Yeah, um, it means a lot. We're still a fairly young podcast, so anybody who enjoys, yeah, it, we we're really still do very enjoy. young, and we're clearly not perfect. Yes, unlike the title of this movie, <laughs> Perfect Nineteen Eighty Five. Do you love that we have that like permanent yeah, segue? Permanent segue. We, could, se- we yeah. could get as we get super off topic and find a way back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah, this uh, this film came out in 1985. 1985. Uh, We're uh, following up Travolta's collapse in the early 80s. Yeah, this is two years after Two of a Kind. Yes, this is uh, five years after Blowout, which is kind of the pinnacle of his kind of fall off the ledge with yeah. Blowout, a movie he put a lot of work into. Yeah. Uh, got really good critical raves, but collapsed at the box office. It's a tragedy. He thought people didn't want to see serious Travolta. So what does he do? He goes back to what he got famous on. Yeah. He does a sequel to Saturday Night Fever. He does another movie with Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Both of which dig him even deeper into the hole. Yeah. He's now really deep in this hole. Yeah. So what would you classify this as the um, him going back to his roots? Because, well, we, again, he's he done Olivia he, Newton-John. He's uh, re-teaming with his director for Urban Cowboy in this one, James Bridges. Mm, so he's try- He's he's been trying to recapture yeah. that old magic. Right, right, but right. I would say at this point he's just a little too old to be playing the like swanky teenager. Uh, does he play the swanky teenager much in this? He does not, um, and I think it's a smart move on the movie's end. Yeah, but for both staying alive and two of yeah. a kind, he's given a very mature presence in this movie. Yes, yeah. This I actually kind of like his performance in this movie. Yeah, and we're gonna get into that, but you know the movie has a lot of faults, but I would say. The two stars aren't necessarily one of them. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis is actually fantastic in this movie. Yes. And we will get into it. And Travolta's great. And yes. their chemistry is great. Yes. There are other problems with this movie that make there are it other problems not perfect. Also, something that I wanted to point out. So, like, in this movie, just kind of a little observation. Travolta's 31. Jamie Lee Curtis is 28. Yes. Is this, like, one of the first... I don't think it's the first, but one of the first where his romantic co-star is younger than yes, him? Yes, I believe this would be a... Because, like, Deborah Winger... Yeah. Older than him? I believe so. I mean, actually, I might be very wrong about that. And um, a Blowout. Um, actress who played Blow, who was in Blowout. Uh, no, Deborah Winger's younger than him. And then, She's around the same age. Who was the actress who played uh, Alan? Nancy Allen. Nancy, Nancy Allen, Allen, I think, was younger than John Travolta in Blowout. Yes. But this, okay, so not the first, but uh, not the first, yes. but definitely like notable because their chemistry is really good. Yeah. And you know, Travolta had some flings with older women. Yes, and at this point, he's he's not trying to play a young guy in this movie, right? Necessarily, right? Which is partially why I like his performance. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, yes, um, he is reteaming with James Bridges, who he worked with on Urban Cowboy, to moderate mm-hmm. success. Yeah. It wasn't his biggest smash hit, but it was it was a solid double or triple. Yeah. It not was a, good. Not a home run. Double or triple. Yeah. He's uh, misogynistic in that movie. Yes. He is terrible in that movie. He's horrible. I vote, I, I rooted for the convict in the, <laughs> first two, in the first two act. I was rooting for the convict. <laughs> yes. To, the uh, guy who escaped from prison. Yes. I re-listened to that episode, and I 
recognize how funny that bit was. Yes. They were rooting for like, the bad guy. Yeah. But um, this is a similar movie to Urban Cowboy in some respects. And that's kind of it. It's written by the same guy, mm-hmm. Aaron Latham. Yeah. Who was a journalist for Rolling Stone. Okay. Um, and he wrote the article that was the the Lonesome Urban Cowboy or whatever it's called. Yeah, because this is another, um, this is another like magazine article yeah. adaptation, like Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Whereas Saturday Night Fever and Urban Cowboy, Urban Cowboy specifically written by the same guy, mm-hmm. Aaron Latham. Um, he writes the movie, mm-hmm. moderate success. Yeah. He wants to read team with James Bridges. Yeah. Um, and Latham, so he contracts him to write this new movie. Mm-hmm. Instead of the urban cowboy subculture, he's interested in dance subco- or uh, aerobic subculture. Right, right. Like gym culture is it the singles bar of the 80s. Yeah, that kind of thing. yeah. But the weird thing about this movie is that instead of urban cowboy, which is about that culture, Latham writes the script where he's essentially the main character as the journalist investigating this culture. Right. And the movie's kind of like a dissection of his own... It's kind of a self-reflective piece of Aaron Latham investigating his own uh, history. Subject line for the, mo- for yeah, the his, movie. Yeah, his own history as a magazine writer for yeah. Wrong Stone. I think that make, made sense in the context of the story because, you know, if you take it the exact route of Urban Cowboy, which is the character is inside the culture rather yeah. than an outsider coming in, it's just going to be a stereotypical rom-com. You yeah. know? Guy who doesn't feel like he's got a lot of luck dating other women. What does he do? He goes to an aerobics class, yeah. meets somebody. They fall in love. They have a couple of issues in the second act. They make up in the third act. Yeah. Happily ever after. But Boring. No, this this is a movie about a Rolling Stone guy writing the article about yeah. the thing that the writer of the movie wrote. Yeah. Thinking about it on the surface, I think and, that was a good move. And the weird thing is the guy playing the Rolling Stone editor in this is the actual Rolling Stone editor. Oh, that I did not know. Yeah. The guy playing, he's the founder of Rolling Stone. What? And he's playing himself in this movie. What? That's so, pretty dope. Well, I don't think this movie is the most successful thing. It's got a lot going I for it. I think it's a very fascinating. It's just the an art a movie about a a movie written by a guy about himself and his own history, and uh, kind of interrogating his responsibility for people's lives and culture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think one when I was reading some of the critics' reviews of it, and I kind of recognize it myself that the moral stance it's trying to take does get muddled throughout the yeah. throughout, throughout the film because it's like, what is it trying to say? Is it trying yeah. to say that like, journalists have a responsibility to tell like the truth as it stands, or yeah. they should like muddy the waters as opposed to not hurting somebody's feelings? Like it it gets a yeah. little muddled halfway, and yeah. I understood the critics' response to and, it. And see, here's the uh, the writer Latham's. Uh, what he said about this movie. He said, mm-hmm. part of the film is what's wrong with journalism. Yeah. But the other half of the story is about what's right with journalism. And I think that just kind of exemplifies that muddiness you're talking about. Where Right. Right. It's trying to, it's trying to have its cake and eat it too. Right. Being a movie about the problems with journalism while also being the movie about the necessity of journalism. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting divide to explore. Mm-hmm. Like the good that journalism does, even if it leaves some carnage in its wake. Yeah. Um, but this movie's not wholly interested in that point because it has to like put a love subplot in and also deal with uh, some business about a lot, First Amendment rights. A lot <laughs> of business in this film. Um, and we talked a little bit about this before, but there's just there's a lot of like people traveling business. This is, this is a two-hour movie. It, it could probably be a 90-100 minutes. 
Yeah, easily. 30 minutes could can go take mm. be taken off this movie. I know where to take the cuts too. Yeah. All the plane scenes, all the where is she? She's at this different place. Yeah. And then they're like going traveling. Like there, there's so many like traveling people have to go <laughs> yeah. to A and then B and then C and then they get their objective. Could easily go A to B and get their objective. Yeah. Cut the C part out. Okay. We don't and need a C or D. We don't need a C or D. There's yes. a lot of C or Ds in this movie. Yes. A lot of Ds. Yes. A lot of Ds in this film. Yes. There are actually no Ds in this movie because it is a, it's, it's not a, I mean, I think, actually, no, it's R-rated. It is R-rated. There I was going to say it's PG-13, and then I realized PG-13 does not exist at this point. God, I can't believe how many films we've covered that have been before the PG-13 this is, rating. This movie comes out the year PG-13 exists, or it comes to exist. Interesting. So Temple Doom came out this year? Temple Doom, yeah. A lot of a lot of stuff came out the same year. I think Aliens. Yeah, believe it or not, a lot, I've of, been recently, a lot of movies come out. In the eighties, no, in years. Like, can you believe that? There's like more than one movie that comes out a year. I'm choosing this to be a dead moment. Yeah, just, <laughs> the silence is deafening. I'm choosing that to just resonate there. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the audience decide if that was a funny joke, Jeff. No, it was a bad joke. No, um, it might be good. I might just be wrong. Yeah, but uh, going back to kind of the conception of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Bridges approached or Latham approached Bridges to collaborate in the screenplay um, after Urban Cowboy and uh, Bridges said Aaron called me and asked if I'd be interested in doing another popular culture piece I had this idea about how to approach the material from a different point of view and Aaron became excited about that idea Mm -hmm. and so their first movie together worked out well how are they going to make it work again this time going to bring back the same star who do they go to? John Travolta. John Travolta. Who's looking for a hit right now? John Travolta. So he agrees. Yeah. You know who else is big at this time? Jamie Lee. Jamie Curtis. Lee Curtis popping off. Yeah. A few years after Halloween. Well, more than a few years after Halloween. Halloween was in the seventies, right? Yeah, like late seventies. So I think she's done two of them already, right? Yeah, she did Halloween one and two, and yeah. then she does not return until Halloween. H H twenty Halloween H20. seven twenty, and then she's in the opening scene of Halloween Resurrection. And she's in like the 2017. Yeah, and then she's in the 20. Yeah, the 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 reboot sequel. Isn't yeah. it funny that the Halloween franchise has like seven different timelines? Yeah, <laughs> three separate movies called Halloween. And then there was like the Rob Zombie universe one. Yeah. And then yeah, for our next episode that we're gonna do later, we're probably just gonna talk more about Halloween than the actual movie. Yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. I hate to get ahead of myself, Jeff. I'm yeah. just no. We're gonna we're gonna have a the next episode is gonna be six hours long. We have so much to talk about. Uh, the Halloween cast. Remember the last time we tried doing this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last time we tried to do a six hour long podcast on one movie that we didn't have much to talk about. It, it went great. Everyone loved that episode. No complaints were had. Anyway, uh, I, also so, shout out to a good friend of mine who's in the military right now who did watch that entire moment by moment episode. Yeah, he listened to the whole thing. He. Send us the hashtag strip lives. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, Nico. Nico, if you're listening to this, you Nico, you rule. You're the best. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so Jamie Lee Curtis doing great after Halloween one and two. Yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone is in on the, the JLC train. Yeah. Everyone's kind of off the Travolta train, but they're happy to get back on. Yeah. Is everybody off the Travolta train? They're rapidly deboarding. Yeah. So he's not like a name that if you saw him, you would flock to theaters. You'd as be it like, was for... oh yeah, that guy. He was, a, I don't know what's happened to him recently. I'll check it out. Okay. He's not, yeah, that makes he, sense. He's, he's kind of like he, Brendan Fraser today. Like if you see a Brendan Fraser movie today, it's like, you're not going to flock to theaters, 
But you'd be like, oh, yeah, that guy from The Mummy. I wonder what he's been doing. I, I would say more Brendan Fraser in like 2008-ish. Yeah, that'd be probably like, more accurate. Or maybe like Looney Tunes back in action, Brendan Fraser. Oh, my God. <laughs> where it's like, the, we're a few years past The Mummy at this point. He's not like a huge name anymore. But, you know, you're happy to see him. You're happy to see him. You're happy to see Travolta. Just, yeah. You're happy Ricochet O'Connell. You're like, oh, he and him and Jamie Lee Curtis, that's going to be a, a winning screen combo. Yeah. I'll see this movie. Yeah. I mean, people didn't see this movie. <laughs> this, I, it, you know, it wasn't perfect. Actually, I think it actually did decently at the box office. Let me check. Uh, I can find no one. Jeff right now is looking for box office numbers. Now, I'll, I'll find it when we get to the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want to just dive right into the movie? Sure. Um, as we said, came out in 1985. The first thing we uh, come we see, well, it starts off with like a 1980s pop by the way for audience like listening and i think this is something to educate we have a variety of age groups in our audience and so for the younger crowd like there may there might be certain conceptions of like what the 80s was like in culture and there's something to very and again i'm 25 i wasn't yeah, you born were not in the alive 80s. In the i wasn't 80s. alive in the 80s i've just done a little bit of research and to my understanding there were like two gigantic cultural shifts in the 80s there's like the early 80s, which is like the pop 80s. We're coming out of disco. We're coming out of all this stuff. And we're getting like poppy 80s music. Think, mm-hmm. think San Juniperno from Black Mirror 80s. Then late 80s when we're getting into rock and roll, it's mm, like punk. punk stuff like that. This is in the pop 80s era. Yes. Yeah. So the opening scene is like a pop yeah. 80s era title sequence. This movie has a hell of a like needle drop. <laughs> yes, well, it we got, does. It, it starts with Travolta at a local newspaper. At and Christmas he's writing time. obituaries. He's an obituary writer. And he's calling Christmas people. Time. He's like, oh, when did they die? How do they die? Where are they going to be buried? He's like, I need to know the cause of death because I can't write without the cause of death. What is this? It's me doing John Travolta. Okay. But uh, he need, he needs to get cause of death, and his and his editor's like, "You'll never write in this town again, son." Yeah, because he's like, "I can't do another obituary, please." He's like, "I want to be a serious writer." And the guy's like, "Hey, you'll never be a serious writer." And it's like, think of this as your last shot. Yeah, and then there's like a smash cut to like super loud '80s music playing. Yeah, and the opening credits, which are just over like a tan screen. Yeah, and then the credits have some wild names in them. Yeah, uh, we got Michael Kaplan who did the costume design. Mm-hmm. Did all the most recent Star Trek and Star Wars movies. Yep. Very big name. Mm-hmm. And then Gordon Willis. Gordon Willis. The DP of all three Godfathers. <laughs> the Parallax View, among many other uh, 70s classics. Yeah, this has uh, quite the department head list. Maybe one of the most iconic like movies for cinematography of all time, The Godfather. Yeah. And, uh, and he's doing perfect. He's doing perfect. <laughs> With John Travolta. And why I wouldn't say his work is perfect, I would say it's pretty good. The movie is yeah. shot. The movie is pretty well shot. It is pretty well shot. There's not a lot of moments for him to like really squeeze the cinematography lemon because yeah. a lot of it takes place like bright lighting, high key, yeah. and everything is like very well lit. And there's not a lot of nuancey there's, scenes. There's some very nice composition films. Yes, movie. yes, that was what I was going to get yeah. to. There are lots of great composition choices in yes. this movie. And so shout out Gordon Willis. Yeah, and I would say that's part of the reason why I think this movie is a little better than it gets credit for. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's perfect though. It's not perfect. Yes. Right. But uh, after that, it's funny because like the opening credits are of this tan screen. And at the end, the tan screen flips up and it's Travolta's notebook. What? It's Travolta's notebook. What a twist. What a twist. We thought it was just a cool backdrop, but mm-hmm. no. 
It's his notebook. It's his notebook. And we see he's scribbling notes inside. Yep. He's trying to get an interview with uh, Robert or Joseph McKenzie. Joseph McKenzie. He. This is so. I, I gotta say, at the at the first act of this movie, they keep going back to this case, and this case goes out the entire film. Yes. It disappears for like thirty minutes, though. It yeah. does disappear, but yeah. like I my. I didn't know if this was important or just some business to show yeah. that he's a reporter. It's important. Yes. Like it actually comes back like towards the end of the movie. And, but in the beginning you're wondering like, why am I paying attention to this yeah. second story he's yeah. doing? Cause you think the main story is the aerobic story. Yeah. And then you actually watch the movie. It's not really the main story. There's a lot of main stories going on here. Well, like the Joseph McKenzie is like his primary thing yeah and the aerobics it's like i got i got a spare hour or two i'll just write about an aerobics class yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of what this is but uh he's trying to get an interview with this guy joseph mckenzie who is a computer magnate yeah um who was somehow got involved in drug dealing <laughs> i did not um, take good notes about what was going on with this joseph mckenzie yes. i just wrote down high dollar case and yeah i know that he they mentioned he was like making computers and they weren't selling and he sold them to some like communist country and somehow drugs got involved uh communism yes. 80s the 80s are back baby yeah we're in the ronald reagan administration we have just re-elected ronald reagan in 1985 yes we're we back did. for another we're back for another term let's get those baby. space lasers in space yes so yeah um but uh he's doing a story for that and that's when i immediately start talking about the hair Yes. So let's go to the hair. Uh, cue the hair music. The hair rating. I made that up. That was the worst thing we've ever done. Thank you. So uh, the hair. Um, I wrote down, not bad. Jeff is looking at Becca right now. I don't know why. I, don't know why I just wanted to see if there was a reaction. Uh, can you pull up the hair ranking, Jeff? Yes, I can. Okay. So I wrote down for the hair ranking that this is not bad. I put it on par with Blowout, slightly better. Slightly better than Blowout. Slightly but better below than Blowout. Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Yeah. Right. It, it's, it's, it's in the category of... Um, I would put it like in the category... Of like adult Travolta hair. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like adult Travolta hair. Staying Alive was not adult Travolta hair. It was, this is a Broadway performer Travolta hair. This is Rocky hair. That was Rocky hair. This is just adult Travolta hair. Yeah. Like what can we do with Travolta's hair to make him look like a responsible adult? Like blowout. Mm -hmm. And like what el what else is like around the blowout time? What's below blowout? Two of a kind. Yeah, two of a kind I would say same thing. It's like. Let's make him look like an adult. Yeah, he's an adult now. And so this is like on par with that. I would say it's slightly better than Blowout just because um, there's a little bit of more action in the back. Yeah, so this, he's, got, he's got something going on. You got like the permi, he's, got, he's got some junk in the trunk. Permi curls in the back happen yeah. a little bit. You know, Blowout's more grease slick back, you know? This has a little bit of freshness to yeah. it. Like he's not afraid to let it grow out and curl. And this one does that. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. This was the hair ranking brought to yes. you by Stuart Elmore for John Travolta, Travolting Podcast. Yes. The hair rating. A former acapella singer over here. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You can find it online. No, uh, stop. Yeah. Stop. No. Anyone listening, you can no, find it No. Blah, 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 blah. I'm cutting uh, this out. <laughs> anyway. But uh, 
<laughs> so after the hair so, rating. Yes. Um, so he's talking to this PR rep yep. for Joseph McKenzie. He's like, don't you want him to get his side of the story out? And the PR rep's like, no press no. is good press. <laughs> like, no press is good press. If he talks, it's he's in the middle of a case that could send him to jail for the rest of his life. I'm not going to let him talk to a Rolling Stone reporter. Right. Yeah. Um, he's like, well, just talk to him. Tell him I will be unbiased. I'll get his story, his side of the story out. Right. And the PR rep's like, hey, for, screw you or whatever. Yeah, he walks hey, off. You don't fuck the future. Future fucks you. Yeah, okay. Sign after me. <laughs> Travolta heads home. Or not home, but back to work at the Rolling Stone offices. Yeah. And then he goes out with his boss, um, Mark, uh, and his photographer, whose name is... I don't I don't. Frankie. Remember. Her name's I, Frankie. The only names I bothered to remember is that John Travolta's Adam Lawrence... And Jamie Lee Curtis's first name is Jesse in this film. Yes. I don't know her last name. Uh, Jesse Wilson. But, uh, cool. You yes. think she's related to Alex Wilson? Our yes, good friend. Our good friend. Alex, if you're listening to this, which I know you're not. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he goes out with them, Frankie and Mark, to lunch. And uh, Carly Simon <laughs> walks into the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Actual Carly Simon Actual playing Carly herself. Actual Carly Simon. Uh, walks up to our boy Adam. And Central. she walks up holding a glass of like juice or something. And just the way she's holding it, you, you know what's know about to happen. what it's going to be and thrown. she in dumps face. it on him and says, I hate that article you wrote about me. Yeah. Apparently Travolta interviewed her and did not portray her in a flattering light. And this is to set up John Travolta's methodologies as a reporter. Yes. That he'll, he'll get, he'll get, he'll pull you in, he'll gain your trust and then he'll just. What is that? What's that the the editor says? He says, "Uh, yeah, he does um, say something. Treat him like your, treat him like your girlfriend, but then forget they have a mother when you're writing the piece. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget what the first part is, but the second part is when you're writing the piece, forget they have a mother. Forget they have a mother. Yeah, yeah. and just write the truth, however brutal it is. Right. Yeah." So it's at that point when he uh, throws in because he's getting he's getting the idea. It's pretty early in the movie when he gets the idea of the aerobics yeah. class thing. Yeah, and that's when he. It's like before the juice gets thrown on him when he pitches that to his editor, yeah. and it's like I want to do like an aerobics class yeah. thing. He's like they're the singles bars of the eighties, and they're like cool with it right away. Yeah, they're like yeah, sure, we trust like, you. Yeah, I mean you're doing this high profile case on Joseph McKenzie. Just go on Rolling Stones dime. Just fly to L.A. whenever he's you like, want. He's like I gotta go to L.A. to see mckenzie's court case so i might as well on there just go to an aerobics bar and when it comes to these films about like reporters i'm always fascinated about how they budget for travel because it's like in movies it just seems like they have any hotel infinite money and flights at their disposal like what they're on the phone. They're like, what? What Tra- are you talking about? I'll be on the first red line there. And it's Travolta like. Travolta goes to Morocco. This <laughs> movie immediately comes back. He goes to Morocco. Back. Yes. And yeah. he comes back uh, literally hours later. Yeah. So he can just go on a flight. Like, what if it was just, I just want one movie. Yeah. Where it's like. Now we don't have the money for that. It's like, you can't, you have to be in LA. We got to pass this budget thing. It might be a week. It's like, so I'm going to be stuck in this hotel for a week. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm just recognizing you're wearing a Jar Jar Binks shirt. Yes, I am. My best friend. I'm just now recognizing yeah. that. But, uh, Are so you calling he, me your best friend? You're calling Jar Jar. Jar Jar is my best friend. You're you're okay. Uh, so he flies to L.A. Okay. He flies to L.A. He goes to the McKenzie court case, and McKenzie's like, "I'm not guilty." And then Charles like looks at him, and he writes a sign that says, "How about that interview?" Yeah, because things aren't going well for him in this court. Here. Right. Uh, Mackenzie leaves, and then Charles like, "Yeah, I'm in L.A. now, so I might as well just go to this aerobics class." Yeah. So he goes to the Sports Connection, the Sports, which is connection. a real place. Yep. 
It was very popular in L.A. in the 80s. Part of what the article is written about, right? Yeah, the actual articles that this movie is based on by Aaron Latham, written by Aaron Latham, are set at the uh, Sports Connection, a giant upscale athletic facility in West Los Angeles that also contains a restaurant and bar. Let me ask you, Jeff, like, and I don't want to skip ahead too far, but I'm just now thinking of it now. In terms of the 30 minutes that could have been cut from this movie, which act do you think could have been used cutting the most uh, mid middle part of the movie you think it's act two around the one hour mark i'm just thinking about our discussions about act one so far and i'm recognizing nothing interesting happens until end of act one beginning of act two and then you're right act two in the middle and the end of act two gets a little boring yeah act three uh, act three is just not good there's there's a lot it's not that you can cut it there's it, a lot that could be changed in this movie yes act three isn't long it's just bad mm-hmm. And I think Act 3, it's not that you should cut Act 3, yeah. it's that you should just make Act 3 better. But yeah. in terms of what can be cut, I definitely agree. It's like middle of act, middle and end of Act 2. But I'm just thinking as we're talking mm. about the beginning of the movie, it's like, yeah, this is all boring business. Yeah. There's a lot, of, a lot of setup going on. Yeah, a lot of setup. But he gets to the Sports Connection. Yeah. And he's getting a tour. And he's like, yeah, hey, I want to write an article. And these people are like, yeah, oh, we wow. like articles. Like, we like wow. publicity. And he meets um, wow. two girls, Linda and Sally. Linda and Sally. Who are like big time aerobics people. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to be perfect. They're representation. They're trying to be perfect. Perfect. Uh, the title. Uh, hey! <laughs> and so uh, they're like the representation of like the the crowd mindset yeah. of going to an aerobics Yeah. Go, and later they'll say that we, we frequented the singles bars entirely like, and they're kind of essentially like the punch, when Travolta's writing the cigar when he's punching down, they're kind of the subjects of that part of it. Yeah. They kind of like fit all the stereotypes you'd expect out of yeah. a place like this. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, but then Travolta sees this girl, Jesse, who's teaching an aerobics Enter class. Jamie Lee Curtis. Enter Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Who is doing some amazing aerobics work. She's fantastic. She is so fast at doing this stuff. Just the art yeah. form of aerobics yes. instruction. Beautiful. Yes. 10 out of 10. Apparently she was she trained for like six months. Yeah, I guess the I read a trivia piece in IMDb that said like towards the end of the movie she like noticeably lost a lot of weight because of like as they shot it like it was yeah. just so much physicality to it that she looks like notably thinner and smaller yeah. in the movie, which so, I didn't even notice. Like I didn't notice personally, yeah. but I guess like you know it, it says she trained for several months before shooting began. All the scenes that showed her leading classes were filmed first. Yeah. So they filmed all of like her aerobic stuff at the beginning of the movie. So she mm-hmm. didn't have to keep working out and doing that for the remainder of the shoot. It's like when they filmed the fight scenes in Rocky first. So yeah. it's like the most. He's most buff. Yeah. Or in Captain America. You, know, you know, you can spend the rest of the movie just chill out eating Cheetos chill in the trailer. Out eating Cheetos in the trailer. Or yeah. like my favorite. One of my favorite trivia effects of like actors working out and doing their physical scenes first is Captain America Winter Soldier. The scene when he has to like pull the helicopter back, yeah. they shot that's, that that's first because he. No, is that Civil yes, War? Yes, that's Civil War. Oh yeah, I guess it is Civil War. I'm mistaken. So yeah, in Civil War, when he's like pulling the helicopter rod or pe- he's the helicopter huge. He's like a tank back to the landing pad, and you just see that massive bicep the size of Jupiter's moon. It's just like. Oh man, yeah. he's so buff. And then yeah, he loses weight in the yeah. rest of the movie because he's sweating in the suit. Yes, he's—you could almost say he's perfect in that film. Yes, Chris Evans is perfect. And you know what else is perfect? The Jamie scene Lee. in the movie. The scene of the movie. Uh, Jamie Curtis doing. She's uh, fantastic in this movie. She's great. She's really going for she's it. She's awesome. Trolls is immediately transfixed. Yeah, 
He's like, this is cool. I want to talk to her. And transfixed on her sexually as well. Yes, he's very invested in her. Yeah. Um, and so he waits and like waits for her class to be done. Starts talking to her and he's like, yeah, I'm a reporter. And she immediately just shuts down. I he's also, like, no, he's a reporter. just something that I wrote down that I forgot to mention is as he's watching the instructor, Jamie Lee Curtis, he watches. There's a lot of these moments when they stay on these scenes for an awkward amount of time. Yeah, these you could probably cut like 10 minutes of this movie just by making all the workout scenes shorter. Yeah, and this is the first one yeah. where it's like he's watching for a very long time. Yeah, it's literally just <laughs> a shot, like a wide shot of her doing all the aerobic stuff, cut to a shot of him looking. For 30 seconds. Yeah. And then there's there's no variations. It's just these <laughs> same two yep. shots back and forth. Yep, there's no more engagement behind that. It's yeah. literally just... Jamie Lee Curtis working out, John Travolta watching yes. for 30 seconds, which doesn't sound long, but and in the context I, of the movie is long. I know it's uh, it's very impressive work that she's doing, but we, we don't need to see it for right. that long. We get it. We understand. We get the point. Move on. Yeah. So it's anyway, not like yeah. Saturday Night Fever where you have to see the whole dance move. You, you right. kind of get the, the gist of the aerobics move <laughs> right. within yeah. a, a few seconds. Yeah, right. Um, so that's when she's walking out. Yeah, but uh, she's like, no, I'm not talking to a reporter. And then he will not stop. He will not stop. <laughs> he will not stop. Uh, <laughs> getting a boy in the plastic like, bubble vibes. A mon- yes, there's a montage of him just like coming up to her and be like, so <laughs> will you let me interview you now? Yeah, he's very persistent, which I guess she's is like, fit to the character. And though. she's like, no. And then she's in the locker room and he pops in. He's like, how about now? <laughs> he's at his car and he's like, how about now? Yeah. He's like in, in the bathroom, he like slides under the stall. She's, he's like, how about now? <laughs> this, this does not happen. <laughs> Jeff, this <laughs> does not She happen. goes home and opens her door and he's in her apartment. How about now? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, okay. And then, and then what happens after that is it cuts to a scene. She's getting in bed and she's falling asleep. And then she hears like a scuffle around the door, outside the door. And she gets really nervous. So she turns the light on and she gets out of bed. She opens the door. Nobody's there. He turns back. So, he's in her bed. <laughs> God damn it, Jack. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, None of that happens in the movie. Yeah, that all happens in the movie. Uh, absolutely, you should watch the movie and find out. <laughs> okay. See that it's it's crazy. It I is, don't know. I don't know how he got in there so fast. Yeah, it was. This movie really is but like a he, stalker film. He, he will literally not let her like go until she find until he finally like jumps her car. <laughs> she wakes up chained in a basement <laughs> <laughs> and he's like i interview me now uh, and she just starts recording yeah but no no uh, her car like won't start well and she fills in some context of like i've been burned before i'm not gonna be burned again yes and that's like the peak behind her backstory that yes. we haven't that we get we later. get later we get later um and he jumps her car and then he's like all right i jumped your car go to coffee with me yeah and he's like, like okay if you will stop following an off, me and off the record lunch if you will stop clambering into my window yeah um so they go out to coffee together jeff's playing footsie with me by the way yes i am but they go to coffee together um and travolta essentially starts pitching his idea for this story yeah he's very different than the one he started before right he gives like the most reagan era speech about self-reliance i've ever heard in a movie yep he's like you know uh the this you can't trust the government for anything anymore you can't trust anything so you know, to me, the ability of self-control and self-reliance is the most all-American thing you can do. Right. And as a, as to me, he's talking about it's like Emersonian and Ralph Waldo Emerson and all this crazy stuff. And he's like, you know, self-reliance in the modern day is the bastion of this. What's more all-American than a gym? 
And she's like, oh, wow, this guy actually doesn't want to write a fluff feature. <laughs> she's right going for it. Yeah. And she's like, all right, maybe I'll let you interview me, but no, not now. Right. And he's like, how about now? And she's like, I was getting to like you, but I'm still not ready yet. Yeah, because they, that's when they go back to the aerobics class, and she's asking him to join a class. Yeah. And he says, well, maybe if I join a class, how about you let me interview you? And she's, and like, she's like, I was starting to like you. I was starting to like you. Still no. Um, but And then we cut back to the Mackenzie storyline. Yes. Uh, Mackenzie calls him and... Actually, wait, no, that doesn't happen. First, no, I think so. No, first they, they sleep together, no, and he gets and he gets I, the call that he needs to go to interview McKenzie. I thought he goes to the strip club after the aerobics one. Oh yeah, he does because he interviews a stripper. Yes, yeah, so he goes to a strip club. Yeah, um, and he writes down like something about uh, talk to me about. Yeah, McKenzie. I need to interview you about McKenzie. And yeah, he, like instead of like throwing the dollar onto the the, the strip board or whatever it's called the it, runway you put it on the g-string jeff yeah and then he, he have puts, you ever been to a strip club before <laughs> as I, I ask with your girlfriend sitting right yeah. behind you i uh, know he and he's, he throws the paper up there yeah and it's uh it says like inter, interview me yeah I'll come to an interview yeah um and then there's this guy in the corner like staring him down yeah uh yeah there's some like uh elements of him being followed that don't get really yeah they, they, they don't really talk they don't really talk about it <laughs> and they don't really and there's they don't finalize that they just like introduce that he might be getting followed there this movie's a little jarring and how it jumps from kind of this conspiracy thriller about uh, a communist sympathizing drug dealer and also you know he's an aerobics class and he's, falling an aerobi- in love. he's falling in love with an aerobics instructor um yeah it's it's like a weird mix of uh blowout and uh, yeah and two of a kind and so yeah i think he interviews a stripper and then he goes to jeffy's jesse's class yes waits for her to come out and he's like oh jesse like i was wondering um if you wanted to like maybe talk about more about something something yeah he doesn't um, say he wants to interview no, there's a really good cut there's a really yeah, good cut yes i wrote that down too i wrote that down too yeah, it's, it's not a, quite a match cut yeah because it's they're, like a they're standing in the gym and she's Looking at him, and and talking they, to him. They cut, they cut cuts to him over over the shoulders yeah, of the, them. Over the shoulder to him at the gym. Uh, of the gym in the background. And he's yeah. like, you want to come back and recharge batteries at my place? And then it cuts. And it's the exact same shot we had of her before. But oh, this time she's in his apartment. The background change and it's his apartment. Yeah. Really good cut. It's an really amazing cool. transition. There's, there's too much good in this movie for it to be like... Dim, like brushed aside yeah there's genuine a lot of that there's interesting filmmaking tricks there's interesting ideas i don't think it fully works but i cannot ignore this movie yeah because there's some cool stuff in it. And, and we talked about some of the scenes that drag on for too long but it's important to note that there are some long drawn out scenes that They're work good yeah that are good we'll get to those eventually but yeah. like that and i think we're about to get to one actually yeah which is like the one of fuck <laughs> that, that is a great that's, that's a drawn out one that works yeah. but now we're in his apartment yeah and uh there's just chatting and she and said she, i read some of your stories and yeah. she liked his writing yeah, which to seem, me it's like what you seem like a real deal because you know he he writes hard-hitting pieces about drug magnets and all that right um but she's like oh is this a computer oh yeah and we he's like a, a 1985 version of a, of a computer yes. kiddos it, it pretty much looks like the computers from the fallout games <laughs> yeah it's like basically where it's like a green screen and like two words it's is it like old, a laptop yeah it's like an old crt computer. i didn't even know they had laptops back then it's not, it's not really a laptop it's kind of just like a screen with a keyboard yeah but um 
he yeah he has a computer and it, it's funny did you see what one of the uh the like folders he had on it was called what it's called new saturday night oh. and the, the new, which is what the article that center viewers oh wow look yeah. at that look at that it's really it's it's fun but um Santa Fever movie we covered. You should listen to that episode. Uh, it's a good episode. <laughs> a good episode. But uh, he starts typing something on it. He types yeah. a question. I can't remember what it was. But he types something out. Well, you let me interview you or something like that. Yeah. Or... And oh no, he says I give up. You win. No, no, well, you miss what she wrote. What does she write first? Well, she writes first. No, no, that's the last thing that gets written, and then they stare at each other and they do it. No. Yes. The way it works is she types something. And then she, it's like something back or backspace, 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 and then just types one of fuck. No, that's the last thing that gets typed. No, I promise you it's not. I, because I, I wrote is. it down. It's like one of fuck. And then he looks to her and says, you know, I don't really think I should do that because you're my subject and I can't be objective. And then she looks back and is like, well, good thing I'm not your subject. And, and then, then they he just start types, doing it. And then he types in the computer, all right, I give in. Is that after really? I promise. Okay, well, and so it, then they're about to do it. They go to his yeah. bedroom. They're about to undress, and then he gets a phone call from Joseph McKenzie's public from relations Joseph McKenzie, officer. So they don't have sex quite yes. yet. It's like they're like, "Well, we'll get back to this. Yes, we, will Where, we will return to this. We will return to this." Yes. But he gets that call from Joseph McKenzie, and he's like, "I gotta go interview this guy." And he gets a red line plane right yeah. away, and he flies right to right to New York. Yeah, and he's rushing through JFK. He's like, "I gotta get to the atrium by twelve o'clock. I'm meeting him." Yeah. He calls his editor and he's like, ah, I'm doing it finally. We got the interview. Um, and so he gets there and the photographer's there, Frankie. And she's like, I got to take pictures of this guy. And Thrill's like, no, I said I was coming alone. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm going to pictures. Um, and so he kind of like steals her camera and like brushes her aside. And then he grabs Mackenzie's PR rep and is walking with him. And he gets into a limo. And you think some shady stuff might be about to go down, but no. Yeah. Just McKenzie's just in there and he's ready to chat. This is like, because it's dragging on, this McKenzie story is dragging on so long in this film. I wrote down, why is this important? Yeah. Because I still don't have like a connection of like, where is this going to pay off at the yeah. end of the movie quite yet? And to me, it felt like a B plot, but it's yeah. a big B plot. Yes. So I was like, at this one, I'm like, man, this must have a direction if they're focusing on this big story for so long. Yeah. But I was so confused why. But, um, and he rides with Mackenzie for three hours, and he records the whole thing on a tape. And this is not in the movie. This is like, yeah, because we, we just get the beginning and then the aftermath. That is the the side movie, in which is just the three hours of them in a car together. There's a director's cut with that three hours involved. Yeah, it's a six-hour movie. <laughs> yeah. Snyder cut who? <laughs> I didn't watch that, did you? I have not had four hours of my life to commit yet to this. four hours? It's four hours long. Jesus Christ, Zach. Yes. It is. All right. Batman does full frontal in it. <laughs> it's the edgiest movie you'll ever see. Anyway, uh, um, but yes. So he this it cuts to back at the Rolling Stone main office. Yeah, and he's like he's, he's with his editor, but he's also with they're not lawyers, they're like publishers. No, first he writes the article. Yeah, and he write he types it all up based on the tape that he did, and he sends it off late at night. Yeah, um, and then he gets a call the next morning. You need to come in. Yeah, I got we have some cuts and notes that need to be done. Mm-hmm. So Travolta walks in, and he gets there, and uh, there's two lawyers and his editor, Mark. What minute mark are we at in this movie? The, the forty minute mark, <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah. We're like not even halfway through this movie yes. yet. That's another. That's the thing, like, because I my notes got a little sparse because I'm like, Jesus, film is so long. Yes, it's so long, and I lose focus so many times. We've watched longer movies, but this feels longer than all of them. Yes, yeah, it definitely does. So then he goes uh, to the 
headquarters talk yeah. about the cuts in the story and uh, and uh, they're gonna cut out a bunch of stuff that can't be like independently verified without Rolling Stone listening and possessing the tapes at which he says I made an agreement with Joseph McKenzie only I have the tapes I can't hand it over to you so if the prosecution decides to sue they can't compel you to give over yeah. the tapes a lot of First Amendment stuff in this. Yeah, and they're like, no, we should hold on the tapes to keep you unliable. And also, if we get sued, we have, you know, something to protect us. Yeah. And uh, and he's Joel's like, me, no. No. I'm not doing it. Journalistic standards. Yes. And his editor's like, I don't know if we can print this story if we don't have those tapes. Yeah, because he John walks out. Yes, and then he's like, no, it's just the editor. And they're like, you have a big decision to make. Yeah, it's a big thing about, it's in a lot of journalism movies, you know, do we print the truth? Or face a lawsuit. It's like the po- it's what the post is all about. Yeah, basically, it's when the, Steven Spielberg went into his political yeah. movie phase. The objectivity of journalism yeah. and what role the journalist has in society, and you know what responsibility does the journalist hold yeah. to telling the truth and the keeping. fourth estate. That's the fourth estate. Yeah. Yes. Hey, hey. media you, law. <laughs> yeah, media law. You know, the fourth estate, and this movie's kind of about that. Not so much as a movie like The Post, you know, but it's kind of about it. Post is kind of a boring movie. I love The Post. Yeah. The Post fucking It's all right. The Post is like a five-star movie. Great. It I'm wins. glad. You, you rated that above E.T. in your Steven Spielberg. I want everybody to know this from our podcast. Jeff ranked Steven Spielberg movies, and he put The Post over E.T. And, and I do it, and I fucking do it again. I'm counting the number of seconds of silence I want in yeah. for this because I just want the audience to process yes. what you just said. Yeah, I, I'd do it again. But uh, yes, this is when I was, I mean to know this, an extremely weird movie, half aerobics video, half conspiracy thriller. Yeah. So after that, he goes back to LA for the yeah. fitness club story. And they decide they're going to go to print. And so gonna... this is when he's walking to the airport and there's a dude that's following him. And this is like the first introduction yeah. of he might be getting followed. Yeah. And he, his editor calls him the next day and is like, yeah, we're going to print the story. No tit, no cuts. You hold onto the tapes. And he but says, it's like, on you. You need to watch yourself or something yeah. like that. He's like, we got a call. <laughs> you need to watch yourself. Yeah. Uh, Joel's like, oh, okay. And he's getting followed at the airport. Never comes back, though. Never comes back. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does get slugged later by the guy who was at the... The strip club? Yeah, the strip club. Yeah, that was the stripper's husband. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a funny bit. Yeah. But... um. So then it's when him and Jesse... Yes. him and Jesse, they do the deed. He's like, where were we? Yeah. And, and then they do the deed. Yeah, and uh, they go on a trip. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You missed the aerobics class. What about it? He After the bed scene, he does an aerobics class with Jesse. Oh, yeah, and it really tires him out. And it goes on for <laughs> a while. I it's wrote, like five minutes. I wrote down, like, the shorts, though. Yeah. The shorts that he's wearing so like. much thigh yes like we might have to introduce a new segment called <laughs> the, the thigh, thigh rating <laughs> the thigh rating because his thighs in this mighty fine yes I, look, mighty fine thighs I, all, all i'm saying is that 70s days travolta he can get it he can, i like 30 year old travolta more yeah. than 20 year old travolta yes. 80s travolta can he can get it he can take it he can have it any any way he wants anyway slice wants. sliced or dice and then i wrote down this doesn't end dot 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 make it stop <laughs> it's like a five minute long scene it goes forever and then it's like that felt like two hours long when it, it, was it over. felt like i was in the workout with him <laughs> <laughs> he does a bunch of gyrating motion yeah. like you're like okay his junk is flopping around there's something changing and they then start the, having sex in the middle of the class it's like three <laughs> shots for this whole scene it turns into 
do a giant orgy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All that happens. Yeah, people die. It's, it's great. People it's like. Die. It, it, did you see the movie Mother? Yes, where like all the people just show up, but they keep showing up at the house. It's like that's, that's it's, like, of, it's like that. <laughs> They're all in this aerobics class. They eat a child, yeah. and then Ed Harris pops. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah, um, all that happens. So then they go. Happens. They take a trip. Yeah. Uh, well, first she takes them to like her mother's house or like a commune house. It, yeah, I it's was very ill-defined about, about what that. this house is. I was very confused about what that place was. But Jesse's mom is there. Yes. Um, and there's actually a really good bit of acting here. Oh, yeah. her mom has an accent, like kind of a southern accent. Okay. And when Jamie Lee talks to her mom, her she puts on a bit of an accent. Oh, I didn't notice. That. And so it's kind of that thing where like someone will leave the place where they came from. Yeah. And lose their accent, but then when they're home or they're talking to someone from home, a little bit of that accent comes back out. Oh, Jeff, I do this. I was just back at my home state, Indiana, and I I swear, like as soon as I showed up, my well, how are you folks doing there? Get a corn in a cob in some cornhole. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm back here and I talk normal. Yeah, I'm sure you turned into a regular old like farmhand. <laughs> <You're there. laughs> I'm but, sorry uh, to all my Indiana yeah. folks. I think we just alienated them. <laughs> yeah, so we have, we have once we've crossed another state of <laughs> people who cannot listen to our show. You know what? You know what's good about Indiana though? Nothing. They don't fucking eat White Castle. Because fuck White yeah, Castle. There's also no Australians there. Fuck White Castle. Um, have I told you how much, how much I hate White Castle? You talk about it a lot. I really hate White Castle. I've never had White Castle. Good. Yeah. Uh, Good. Don't. Yes. So anyway. Um, but uh, <laughs> yes. so the scene, you know, in the amount of time we've been talking, the scene is still actually playing. Yeah. I never finished watching this movie because the scene is still playing on my TV at home. I'm just waiting for it to end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, the acting is good in this scene. So they go to uh, they go to her house or whatever it is. And her accent comes out a little. Very yeah. good bit of acting. Yeah. Uh, the mom drops like, oh yeah, that last day reporter you talked, you talked really to, screwed really, you really over. screwed you over. And Troll's like, oh, other reporter. <laughs> well, it's like his. And I I do these see this in a lot of movies that have reporters that their personalities are always very intrusive like yeah. they, as soon as they get a little bit of information even if it has nothing to do yeah. with what they're writing about what their job is they're just people who end up becoming reporters have this innate personality of intrusiveness yeah where they want to just know everything yes like if you say like if you if you know there's three of us in this room right now with becca and if like you two talked about you remember that thing that happened saturday if i was somebody who wanted to be a reporter I'd be like tell me what happened yeah. what happened and that's like you're, what, always, you're always fishing for the next scoop exactly the next detail yeah and that's what john travolta does here yeah and he, he pries and she finally tells him the story yeah she was a olympic swimmer yeah and carter canceled america's involvement in the summer games to protest year. the soviet union they protest the soviet union yeah um, and she was against it and she was against it and she was outspoken very vocal about it and so they're writing about her and then she had an affair with her her coach, coach. yeah and then instead of writing about her political beliefs they wrote about her having an affair with the coach yeah ruined the coach's career yep also ruined her future yeah which is why she had really, to get into aerobics instructor really damaged her family yeah and they they had a you know long road coming back from yeah. that and she's like she finally recovered she's finally doing something again with her life but in conclusion to all of this just know that um jamie lee curtis in this movie is a communist yeah communist, apparently <laughs> she's a communist yeah no i don't know if she yeah. is or not but maybe who knows. but yeah that's that's why she doesn't really trust reporters she's into that communal living life style, yeah so 
So then after that, like that's when they go to Mammoth State Park. Yeah, they go to Mammoth State Park. Uh, no mammoths are are to be seen in this movie. Ever been to Mammoth State Park? No, I haven't. Been, I've also I've never heard seen a mammoth. Well, yeah, they're extinct. I mean, I have seen Ice Age. That's an animated mammoth. He's real. Voiced by Ray he's, Romano. He's real, and you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean Sid's not real too. I have news for you, Jeff. What? <laughs> what about Diego? I like Diego. Who voiced Diego at Ice Age? Uh, I am Dennis Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Good. It was a good job, Dennis. Leary. Yeah, it was a good. Good job, Ray Romano. Good job, Diego. John Leguizamo. What? John Leguizamo. Is he's the sloth. He's Sid. Yeah. I did not know that. The first one of the season. <laughs> Can you do the rest of the podcast? So they go to. Scooby Mammoth Deep Park. <laughs> oh god all, all three of us are going to start talking yeah. with <laughs> Sid you can't throw That was my Ray Romano was Oh good. no um, come on man They do this every year <laughs> 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 Oh fuck Sorry, me I had to chime in there. You don't just mention Sid the <laughs> this, is now, this, this is now Sidcast. This is now the Sidcast. <laughs> what if we deadass just spent the rest of us talking about Ice Age? And then when this episode comes out, we change all of our like podcast stuff on like Spotify. It just says Sidcast. <laughs> anyway. There's like five at least. Let's do Ice Age minute by minute. Because isn't there a squirrel spinoff one? No, there's a squirrel spinoff TV show. It's just called... Oh, there's a TV show? I think it's a TV show. I thought it was a rated R version, like Logan, but they just called it Squirrel. <laughs> called it Sid. I mean, uh, Scrat. Sid wakes up drunk in an Ice Age parking lot, and his tires are getting uh, yeah. looted, and so he goes on ape shit crazy and kills them. <laughs> are, are Do you, you aware that by Ice Age 5 there were aliens involved in the What? There's like an alien abduction subplot. Get out of the air. Wow. Yeah. There's there's five Ice Age movies. They're working on a sixth one right now. Do you remember there was a meme period when it was all about that baby? The baby from Ice Age. <laughs> oh, God. Also, shout out Josh Peck still getting work being in these Ice Age movies. I'm, Josh Peck is in it? He's one of the like the lemurs or whatever the hell they are. Were lemurs in the Ice Age? No, it's, it's uh, like the, the possum. The possums, that's it. Yeah. Who is the other lemur? It uh, wasn't Drake. Sean William Scott. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't Drake. That's a that's a very missed opportunity with casting. You cast Drake and Josh as the two possums. Oh my goodness! It would have been a, a would have great... been the same period too, right? It yeah. would have been the same period. The first actually came out in two thousand two, and the most recent ones coming out ne- in two years in twenty twenty two. What's it called? Ice Age: The Adventures of Buck Wild. You're making it up. I'm not. It's right here. What is what is it? Ice Age: Adventures of Buck Wild. Simon Pegg is coming back as Buck Wild. There's been Ice Age, Ice Age the Meltdown, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ice Age Continental Dawn Drift. Dawn of the Dinosaurs. There's a dinosaur one. Yeah, it's where they find a hidden world of dinosaurs underneath the ice. And there's Ice Age Continental Drift, which is the pirate one. Whoa. Um, where they, they find pirates on the high seas that are trapped on an iceberg. 
and we uh, straight up talked Ice about Age Collision Course. Ice Age for five minutes. Did, have you read the story about the walrus who woke up in Ireland? Yes, we <laughs> talked about that on the last podcast with Blowout. No, we definitely did not talk about it in Blowout. It only came out last week. I'm pretty sure we did talk about it though. Anyway, but it's this Where w- the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 we didn't talk about it on the podcast. I was over at your guys' apartment and we talked about it when yeah. Adam Campbell was there. Our good friend Adam Campbell. He will be on Phenomenon. He will be on the but Phenomenon anyway, episode. So if you folks listen and haven't heard, this is divergent, but you know <laughs> it relates to Ice Age Continental Drift. Which is <laughs> not related to the episode we're talking yeah, but about. But there's there's a walrus in in the and in Arctic the Arctic. I thought it was South America. No, it was, it was the Arctic. It was the Arctic? Yeah. And he's he's just falling asleep. He's like sleeping on his like iceberg. The thing breaks off while he's asleep. Dude wakes up in Ireland. <laughs> Where the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, just imagine being this walrus and you just fall asleep at home. And then you wake up and you're in Ireland. And you're in Ireland. He's on the beach and they're like, oh my God, how'd I get here? A fucking walrus. <laughs> yes. A fucking walrus. And all the, it's the first time a walrus has ever been in Ireland. Crazy. He, he should be the, the star of Ice Age 6, not Adventures of Buck Wild. You know, I think that Walrus is going to get a spinoff movie. He should. It's going to be directed by Steven Spielberg called yeah. The Adventures of Tusk. Yeah. Tusk. Tusk 2. Tusk. I'm no related to... <laughs> Kevin the, Smith. The Kevin Smith horror movie. <laughs> Kevin Smith, we call you out. <laughs> you have to make Tusk 2 about this walrus. You have walrus. to make Tusk 2 about this walrus. Have, and you, have you seen Tusk? I've seen Tusk. <laughs> what a fucked up movie. Turn the guy into a walrus. Stuart <laughs> Show. They turn him into a walrus. <laughs> and you know what's the crazy part? What? They leave him as a walrus. <laughs> turn... They they don't kill him or it's turn him back. They say, I, you know, Justin Long, that's who he is. Yeah, they he... leave Justin Long. Legend has it that He's Justin still... Long is still there. <laughs> that's why he hasn't been Screaming his lugs out painfully, asking to be put down, and nobody that, is doing that's it. That's why he hasn't been in any movies recently, because he's, he's still in the walrus costume. Yeah. On No, not the costume. They actually changed him into a walrus. They, yeah, they did change him into a walrus. Yeah. And he's still... Rest in peace, Justin Long. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> Sorry, Justin Long. Sorry, Justin Long. But your recent passing awayness. You know, I would love to have walrus Justin Long on this podcast. <laughs> walrus Justin Long, come on the show. And... and I would just love to ask you know his who else thoughts. should come on Sid the Sloth. Come on the podcast, Sid. Well, well, here's the thing. So, just what do we call Walrus Justin Long? Wallong. Next. Wallong. Next. Justrus. Mm. Justice Wallong. I'm not. I'm not feeling any of these. This is the name. That's that's canon. It's the name. Justrus Wallong. Uh, come on the show. But when he does, because doesn't he cut out his vocal cords? Yes. So he's going to be like, so what do you think of the movie? It's going to be... Ah! <laughs> well, I was going to say... He's going to be like... Ah! I was going ah! to say we could, ah! we could do it Stephen Hawking style. Oh. He's like the, the computer void thing. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think he could fit through my door. We'll get him in. You seem very confident with that. We'll get him in. We'll get him in. We'll make it work. How are we going to drive him through Andersonville, we'll, Chicago? We'll go to him. We'll go to him. We got to rent a pickup truck. We'll go to him. We do have a mobile setup. Yes. We'll go to, we'll go to you, just, he Justrus Walrus. He did kill Wallong. a human, though. It's fine. It's, it's fine. a savage walrus. It, it's fine. If he le- if he's a big fan of Get Shorty, we'll have him on. Uh, do you think he is? I hope he is. You know he was originally a podcaster. Yeah. The character of Justin Long? Yeah, I know. It's a movie about podcasters who turn into walruses, and then Johnny Depp plays a, a, an investigator named Guy Lapointe. Do you think that's metaphorical for what's going to happen to us, Jeff? Yeah, we're going to turn into walruses. 
and then Johnny Depp's going to investigate us. So we're going to say, ah, I, no, get away from me. If you and I like, okay, so here's a scene. You and I were in 2000s Travolta era and we're running dry on guest. Okay. We're desperate for a guest. You are aware we have like all the 2000s booked already. So now hear me out. All right. Then the, the 2010s. Okay. Okay. So we're in the 2010s, John Travolta, and we're dying to have a guest on. We got to have somebody, right? So then what do we do? We drive up to Canada. And our initial guest drops out. So we just have yeah. to find some random person. So we get the walrus guy. So we get the walrus guy. And then he offers us some coffee, yeah. some water, and we start talking and about then, the movie. They know we turn into walruses. If that happens, Jeff, just kill me. Yes. Uh, and I will try to kill you, but one of us is going to have to stay alive. Yeah. Because I don't think we can equally kill well, each other. I'll stab myself with my own tusks. It's fine. It'll just... Yeah. It'll be quick and easy. I'm mimicking like a, a yeah. walrus move of like suicide. You know what that would be? What would that be? That would be perfect. Nice. Yes. Uh, I can't believe I'm the one who had to guess back. So back I want to let you know that we started going off that track at the 50 minute mark. We have just crossed the hour mark. Okay, so cool. we straight up did ten minutes of just Ice Age, Ice Age, <laughs> and Tusk. Yes, good movies. All right, all five of them. That was a Watch perfect them. conversation, Jeff. Yes. Um, you know what else is perfect? The, this, not this movie. But not this it, movie it's, it's that pretty, we were initially. You know talking what this about. movie is? It's pretty okay. That it's, should be the title of this movie. Pretty it's okay. Pretty okay. Where were um, we? Oh, the aerobic yeah, so, dance. Yeah, they're at Mammoth State Park. They go to Mammoth State Park. They're at Mammoth State Park and they're skiing, and Jolt is in a lot of pain. Because yeah, of his aerobics, aerobics like, I can't class. move. I can't move. And so the two of them are sunbathing in the cold. It's weird. Yeah, they're at <laughs> it's kind, it's State kind Park, of odd. which is like up north, I think. Yeah, there's literally snow on the ground and they're sunbathing. So they a little strange. California's weird climate wise, but yeah, I would imagine it's cold yeah, over yeah, there. I imagine it's still pretty cold. Um, and she finally agrees to let him interview her. Mm-hmm. She's like, "I like you. If you feel honest, mm-hmm. interview me." Oh, we missed. There's another great uh, shot in this. When after um, the Jesse's parents, when we cut to Mammoth State Park, yeah, there's a great shot of like Mammoth State Park, but it turns it out it's a reflection of a window. Yeah, that Jesse opens. Yeah, beautiful. Good bit. Great bit. Gordon Wells, you you got it going on. You got it. But um, but yeah, he inter- he she agrees to let him interview, and yes. it's, it's it's at the same place where he interviews a couple, right? Uh, a little later. But that's a little later. He has not interviewed her yet. Right. He she agrees to let him do it, and then yeah. they drive home from Mammoth State Park, mm-hmm. and uh, she starts getting real honest with him. Yeah. And then she looks. He's been recording the whole conversation without asking her. Big no no. Yep. He did not get her consent to record. Yep. Uh, and she's like, "Get get out of the car." Get Legally, out of the car. she could sue him. Yes. And she kicks him out. Actually, I be- it depends on what state you're in. There's some states that are only on one party consent states. Uh, so California might be one of them. Illinois is only one party consent, so you can record someone. Yeah, um, I'm recording you, and I did not yeah, get. Your I could, consent. I could give, you, I could say, hey, don't post this, and you could still do it. Yeah, um, and I, I could not sue you, yeah. but, um, she's like, no, get out, and she kicks him out of the car, like literally kicks him out. He falls out the door in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, and then she drives off, and then she stops on the road. You think it's about to be this like. You know, reconciliation scene where he runs it's down. Like an urban cowboy when yeah. she backs up. She's oh, like, yeah. Get it literally happens in Urban Cowboy. Yeah. Same movie, same director. It's like, get in. Except instead of that, she, she throws, throws his bag bags out the window and then keeps going. Yep. And so he has to run out of his bags. She goes home and is like, and her mom's like, what happened? She's like, I don't want to talk about it. And so, yeah. and then we cut to Travolta in the back of a pickup truck with a bunch of dogs. 
Why are there a bunch of dogs? Who knows? Who knows? He just gets picked up by a dog truck. Yep. And drives him back to LA. Uh, and she won't talk to him. So he... Oh, we missed the best line of the movie. What? So when she catches him recording, kicks him out. It's like, Jesse, stop. And she just yells, you're a sphincter muscle, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> and then kicks him out. That was actually, you actually, while well, you didn't do the voice, you actually got a pretty good Jamie Lee Curtis inflection there. Really? Yeah, that, that sounded like how she does it. You're a sphincter muscle, Adam. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Jamie Lee Curtis inflection right there. Yeah. But um, he's upset about this. Yeah. Because she was his way of telling an inter- of writing an interesting article. Mm-hmm. And he's lost it. And so he's just going to settle into writing the base, simple version of this article. Yeah. Which is he goes to Linda and Sally back at the Sports Connection mm-hmm. and just asks them all the questions you would expect about a fluff piece. Where it's yeah. like, well, how does aerobics affect your sex lives? Um, why do you work out? Because you want to be perfect. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And uh, Linda, has, and he goes to a party with them and he goes to a male strip club. He's Which not is, a stripper. He's an exotic dancer. Yeah, like, he makes that very clear. Yeah. Um, he's an exotic dancer, and don't you forget it. Yeah. Um, and Lynn, I can't remember which of them. The Linda and Sally business kind of loses me a little bit. This is where the movie I'd lost interest, and in. I think you cut a lot of this out. Yeah, I wrote down, I'm losing focus. Yeah. It's not, I wrote that exact same thing down, mm-hmm. funny enough. But this is where the movie kind of loses me a bit. I don't yeah. think we need it. We got the idea that he's settling into the base one without him to spend 15 minutes yeah, of him. I, I think just we're a little two, over uh, halfway through the movie, yeah. but... It's pretty much just five, ten minutes of character assassination on Linda and Sally. And... How they're vain, and it, Linda's getting married, but Sally's going to get plastic surgery because she doesn't think she's perfect, and Travolta's like, ah, I can write about how this is indicative of the dis- disillusion of our culture and yeah. how this is a vain it's place a shame, for all It's at. a shame because honestly, speaking a little bit broader here, like I think this movie could have been really good with small tweaks to the script. Yeah. I really do. I think this could have been a much better perceived yeah. movie if it had just been like tweaked mm-hmm. a little bit. It, it was, wasn't far off. It was just like, yeah. again, the muddled messaging, the bunch of business, the yeah. length. I don't think it was that far off of being a good yeah. movie. And I think we're talk this is where parts of it that really hits at home yeah. where it's like there's just so much going on. But the weird part about this is that I pause the movie at this point. Cuz I'm like, "Oh, we got to be near the end. We're only an hour and 8 minutes." <laughs> so so like, I have another moment like that too. Yeah. It's like we're going to get there later, but it's um when the story comes yeah. out about the health club. This is way later, yeah. but I'm I'm with you on this. I check, oh, this has to be the end of the movie. I pause it. There's 30 minutes left. Yeah. And I'm like, the story came out of the health club, you know, the main driver of the plot, and yeah. there's still 30 minutes and left then, in and the then movie. there's a Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Oh. <laughs> he's on trial for his beliefs and all that. So, yeah. But, but yeah, there's a party. He's interviewing a bunch of people. Yeah, there's, um. he tells his, his editor calls him at one point. And is like, yeah, we posted the article um, it's popping off. They want movie rights and book rights and all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, um, he's like, I need the the piece on the aerobics called Tomorrow. And Travolta tells me, Eat shit and die. <laughs> and then uh, and and just like, you know, you eat shit and die. <laughs> and they hang up. Yeah. Um. And so that's the strip club he... scene's weird because Travolta. It's like a five, another five minute long scene. Too long. Travolta spends the entire thing on the other side of like a crossed window, so you only see him in the shadow. Yeah. He's silhouetted. He's, he's silhouetted. He's talking in, and it just cuts to him, and it cuts to this guy dancing. I'm really losing focus at this yes, point in the movie. Very long scene. Yeah. Um, and he pretty much just like roasts Linda and Sally in this article that he writes. Yeah. 
So, um, and then there's... And did one of them says the, perfection is love or something. Well, like, like did did we miss the uh, moment when Jesse comes over to his apartment? That's right after this. I okay, think. so like, yeah, he's like writing the article. It's got all this stuff in it, and then she comes over. Yeah, to his apartment, and she's willing to give us another try. Yeah, willing to give us another try, and that's when Eva, the photographer, comes over. Frankie. Frankie. I think the actress's name is Eva. Maybe. Maybe. But he's, I think he talks to her on the, he talks to his manager on the phone first. Oh, no, Frankie comes. You're right. Because they're, she's prepping to take photos of the health club. Yeah. Club. So then she leaves. Uh, Jesse's still there and they're talking and then the phone rings. Yeah. And Travolta grabs it and, and he talks chatting. with his, yeah. and Jesse goes over and looks at his computer. Now, this is a perfect example of when a long, dragged out moment works. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. Because yeah. she sees the article and she's like, oh, I wonder what he wrote. I'm interested to read this. Now, the only thing I will say against this is while the effectiveness of it being long and dragged out works, here, there's something that doesn't work. Reading. Yes. There's a lot of reading on the screen. And yes. I learned this. I'm going to pull out the... Um, how do I want to phrase, phrase this? The... Uh, pompous narcissistic asshole film school part of me right now yeah, pulling out and say like in the one of the first rules of screenwriting is like don't force your audience to read a lot on screen they basically make you read the entire and this is the art. very opening of the movie in which case star wars uh, has you beat yeah that's true i mean it's engaging kind yeah. of because it's like almost like um if you start the movie it's a, it's off a with a lot of context it works yeah it's like a prologue to get you up to speed this is like she she has You're reading to, like a low res CRT screen. And it's like the entire fucking article. Yes. And it's like it has like a paragraph on the screen, extreme close up, and it just stays there for twenty seconds. And then it scrolls. What I what I what I what really bugged me about it is because it stays on that screen, it's like the directorial intention of that is okay, we need to stay on this for long enough so the audience can read it. Yeah. I'm like, no, like I think many movies do this where it's like you get three seconds of a large paragraph yeah. and you're like oh am i supposed to read this and then smash in cut to key words yes and that and they that's what they should have done on this but no they stay 20 seconds on this paragraph expecting you to read the full fucking and thing and they keep doing it and they keep doing yeah. it but it works because you see her reaction you do see her reaction and she jamie claire is a very good actress and she knows how to play this slowly methodically yeah of her just kind of losing her composure. She's not saying, overdoing it. And seeing that he's doing to Linda and Sally the same thing that that reporter did to yeah. her all those years ago. Yeah. And, and she decides to not let it happen. She deletes the whole piece. And the nonverbal transition that clicks in her brain when she decides to delete it. Yeah. Beautifully acted. And she just hits the button and just watches watches everything disappear. Share some of the legroom space, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and watches her delete she deletes everything. Yeah. Everything. Travolta comes down. He's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm deleting everything. You're going to ruin those girls' lives. He doesn't freak out, which yeah. I guess it doesn't warrant freaking out. Because yeah. it's like, I'll just write it. Because honestly, story. he doesn't really want to write. He didn't want to write that story either. He just yeah. did it because he was kind of crestfallen that she wasn't going to agree with it or go with his like more interesting one. Right. Yeah. Because he can't handle rejection. He can't handle rejection. Uh, yeah. Um, and she leaves. And he's like, uh, whatever. And then Frankie goes to the sports club and takes a bunch of pictures of Linda and Sally and all these people there. Well, you missed the part when he's like trying to follow Jesse out. And it's like, Jesse, like, come oh, on. Yeah. And then the husband the pool, of the male the stripper, runs the stripper up, punches him in the face. Yeah, runs up, punches him in the face. I told you to leave her out of the article. Yeah, and then we never see him again. That's it. 
Yeah. Um, because the McKenzie article came out and it mentions, you know, the stripper. stripper's name. Yeah. Um, and it actually causes a lot of like changes in um, the, the scene. Yeah. Yeah. So he calls his editor and asks for more time. And they're like, no. Like, no, we no. need it by like tonight or yeah. tomorrow morning. And so he stays up all night and he writes this long piece. Because it was originally going to be called Looking for Mr. Goodbody. Yeah. Um, because one of the girls says, I, I used to think I was looking for Mr. Goodbar, and now I I'm looking for Mr. Goodbody. Right. Yeah. Um, and his editor's like, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> the, the article's now called Looking for Mr. Emerson. And the whole article, and the article starts off by being like, I was originally going to write this fluff piece, but I have a more interesting thing about, you know. Oh, yeah. He politics changes Politics and how culture and society affects yeah. and comes around this place. And I met this amazing it's person not as, there. not as damning to the health club. Yeah. It's this very honest piece. It's what he actually wanted to write. Yeah. And so I was like, what the fuck? I can't post this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can put this out on a major article. So they rewrite the whole thing. Still mm-hmm. put Travolta's uh, name on it. Travolta's mm-hmm. not happy about this. Um, and Frankie uses a picture of Jesse she took. A not flattering yeah. image of her screaming. Yeah, a look, and they find the old image of her with her coach, and be like, "Yeah, one of the instructors here, she like was having an affair with a coach in the Olympics." Yeah, because wasn't it originally a Rolling Stone story that yeah. did that? So and, it was like they brought back up that yeah. story, and so the article comes out. Travolta sent to Morocco, <laughs> so he's not there when it comes out. It's at this point when I write down in all caps. There's 30 minutes left. Yes, of this movie. <laughs> Literally, like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this yeah. movie doesn't end. I'm getting aggravated just talking about it because I'm like, I'm literally like, geez, I want this movie to end. Yes. Um, not a good thing to want about a movie. <laughs> yeah, not a good thing. It was um, not a perfect thing at all. It was not perfect. Yeah. But he sent to Morocco. The article gets published. He gets a call from somebody about how pissed they are. Yeah. I can't remember who. I think it's Jesse. Jimmy Curtis? I don't remember. But he, he, someone's mad. And so he calls the proofreader at Rolling Stone and says, hey, can you read the article to me? Yeah. And here's the first line. He's like, oh, my God, they rewrote the article on me. Yeah. It's now like a complete character assassination of all these people. Yeah. So he, so he abandons his interview in Morocco. He flies back. He flies back to And there's LA. turbulence on the flight, yeah. which is a callback to, I'm good on flights as long as you know turbulence. Yeah. Uh, then I just get drunk. Well, you see, there's turbulence on the plane, just as there's turbulence, turbulence in, in his, his life. life. I see you, James Bridges. James Bridges, you, you burnt. Uh, he gets back. Uh, no one will talk to him. They're all pissed at him. Yeah. Understandably so. So, he, yeah, he's back at the um, the Sports Connection. Yeah. Um, and everyone's like, you you ruined us. You well, attacked. Yeah. Oh, he goes there, and they're like, yeah, no one's here. They're all at the, uh, the benefit. the Rolling Stone baseball bat thing. Well, that's at, he He goes to the Sports Connection first, and then he goes to Rolling Stone. And I he gets arrested. So. No, he goes to the Rolling Stone first, and then goes to Sports Connection. Okay. Well, he he goes to he goes to the Rolling Stone offices, and he just this is actually a very good bit of Travolta. Yeah. He's just, he's just casually sauntering through the office. He looks a little he looks a little frazzled, and he's holding a baseball he's holding a bat. baseball bat. And everyone's like, "Yeah, I wonder what this uh this uh this knucklehead's coming in here." The baseball well, like, bat. He for. walks it up to the front secretary. And she buzzes him in yeah. without even asking. He's like, I need to see Mark. It's and funny like, that okay. it's especially funny that Mark is the actual editor of Rolling Stones. <laughs> like, you think that has this ever happened to Mark in real life before? Probably. You this think is a loosely based in, on truth. I think a reporter walked in and like with a baseball yeah. bat and was like Also, I gotta give the 
his actual name is like Janae or something like that. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him for being willing to play himself in this, but also be an asshole in this. He's like kind of the bad guy in this. Yeah. And he's, he doesn't do a bad job. Yeah, he's willing to just like be like, yeah, even though in real life, I, you know, appreciate what I do and think I have an important story. I'm going to be the bad guy in this movie. I'm yeah, fine with that. Right. He kind of, he, he, he's very open to it. Yeah, so I'm, I think that, I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, and Travolta just walks into the office and shuts the door and they just hear, and here and just swinging the bat around and destroying things. Yeah. Your glass share and Mark's like, ah, you shouldn't die. Oh, fire. Oh, don't hit me. <laughs> All yeah. this stuff. And then Travolta opens the door and walks out. And the guy's like, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> it's like, no, shit, he destroyed the, he destroyed the studio. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually think I misled you. I think you were right that they, he does go to the yeah, sports you, connection. How first, dare you? And then you're, goes to the magazine. Uh, you're fired from this podcast. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, we're here already, so we're here already. Uh, and then he locks eyes with Frankie, and Travolta just kind of sells the hurt and betrayal that she went behind his back, and you know, att- like character assassinated this girl who he likes, yeah, and who he was hoping to write a flattering portrait of. Mm-hmm. Um, and Frankie runs off, and we never see her again. Well, we do see her again at the credits. Oh yeah, in the credits. We're, we're going to talk yeah, about. We're going to talk that. about the credits. Uh, um, and so Travolta either flies to LA or has gotten back from LA. Uh, he goes to the sports connection. There's no one there. And they're like, Oh yeah, they're at a benefit right now. Yeah. So it goes to the benefit place. Yeah. This uh, is the bit that I'm talking about where it's like, you got to go to a, then B yeah. then C then D. It, yeah. He could have just gone there and they could have been there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and he goes to like this benefit where Jesse, Jamie Lee Curtis is leading like an aerobic class for charity. Yeah. And he's trying to like talk to her and she wants none of him. Yeah. She was done in this business. And like, there's a bunch of other people that recognize him. That's like, hey, great article, man. And yeah, they're mad at and him. And they're like, how dare you? It's like, Sally's never going to get over that. Yeah. There's there's actually a really nice shot earlier when the article comes out of Sally, Jesse, and Linda. Yeah. Sitting alone in this massive studio. And they're really small in frame. Yeah. Crying as they listen to it. Right. It's really nice. Yeah, it is um, a really nice shot. But, uh, you know, he finally gets up to Jesse. Uh, and she's like, nope, not talking to you. Not talking to you. And not- this is where you mentioned earlier... Where it's like he won't let up. Yeah, he will not stop. An interview. And this is exactly the same. He's like, I didn't write this article. And she's like, Your name's on it. Because like she's trying to like go to like the women's bathroom yeah. and the locker room. And he's just like following her all the way through. Yeah. And like there are like naked women yes. like running around like, ah, ah. And he's just like, Jesse, he's like, Jesse, I gotta explain to you. I gotta explain. <laughs> he's and, like, And then two guys come in and they kick him out. Yeah, and they kick him out. Um, and he, th- he gets arrested. He gets subpoenaed. Well, he gets, he gets subpoenaed to turn over the tapes. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he isn't quite arrested yet. For the Mackenzie, which has disappeared for like 30 minutes of this movie. He's now yeah, brought this back comes suddenly. Back. Yeah. So um, then there's a court scene. He's brought to the courtroom. Yeah. Um, And Jesse shows up at the courtroom. Yeah, she like sees that he's standing by his journalistic yeah. word. And she goes there and the judge and the prosecutor's like, we want to find this man in contempt of court if he doesn't turn over those tapes. Yeah. And Joseph McKenzie gives him, like, a nod because he's like, y- you're sick enough for me. You're a man of your word. Mm. And he's Joel's like, I'll go to jail for my beliefs for the First Amendment. And he has, like, this real Mr. Smith goes to Washington <laughs> where he's like, yeah, right. ah, I believe in journalistic standards and all this stuff. Um, and then he, you know, fucks off. Uh, they take to him prison. to jail. <laughs> to, to prison. prison. And, Jesse and Jesse runs follow- after him. Because she's like, if he will stand up for journalistic standards in the First Amendment, then he was telling me the truth about not writing that article. Quite the leap in logic yes, for is the audience. Quite the jump. Yeah, that that's a big, another muddling morality issue with this film. It's yes. like, what is it trying to say? Because Jesse just like sees him 
I mean, I guess like it's a noble act, but yeah. it's like it doesn't clear him. There's there's two plot lines in this movie, and they do not fit together well. No, they don't. There are movies that do things like this, and it works really well. Right, where you're having like kind of an austere like business plot line with a romance and something like that that you don't think is going to connect, and then they do. Yeah, and they do, the and like the themes work. And this looks like an attempt to do that. This that, is like trying to Frankenstein two movies together, right, into one thing. Yeah. And it doesn't really work. Yeah. But anyway, Travolta goes to prison. Mm-hmm. Jesse like forgives him. And then he gets out of prison. Yeah. The verdict for the McKinsey case is not guilty. Yeah. So they let Travolta out. And he walks down. He sees her there. And there's a bunch of reporters. Bunch it's of like, reporters. I'd do it again. Yeah. He's like, I'd do it again. <laughs> I'd do it again. <laughs> and so he gets into a car with her. They, they drive off. And he says, where to now? Or something like that. Where were we? Where were we? Which was the recalling from and when they had sex. then it fades to black and says credits. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Oh, but it's not. It's not the end of the movie. It's not the end of the movie. And then it comes up with starring. Starring. And it starts listing all these names. Oh, my God. Uh, my Wikipedia is still up to Ice Age. Uh, <laughs> well, so it's it. like all the cast, yeah. but. It's like Mary Lou Henner is Sally, and it's like her it, it in a shows, class dance. <laughs> yeah, it shows the actor like in this medium shot. like doing an aerobics class looking right at the camera smiling smiling and it's got their name and then their role under it and it's like laurie newman is lindy and DeSalvo is frankie marilou henner is sally yeah they get the rolling stone folks (laughs) in here they get the photographer they get the editor in here like the editor never did aerobics in this movie and then the end like ah we'll just throw the editor in the aerobics uh, class going for and then it ends john trolls is standing standing there smiling it looks exhausted it's like that was the last thing they shot and john's like i'm just gonna smile i'm not doing it again you know uh, i'm just gonna smile look at the camera be handsome and that's it yeah and then it fades to black and it fades to black and it's credits yeah and pop music plays pop music plays and that's the end of perfect it wasn't yes uh this movie did not do great it was a major box office failure it yeah. temporarily derailed 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 wow my voice derailed john Travolta's career yeah or continued along the decline of it yeah it didn't bring him um, back He's now gone three for three and attempts to recapture the old magic that did not work. And there's going to be a few more attempts yeah. and that it, don't work. And it's just sad <laughs> because yeah. Blowout was his best performance, his best movie. It and didn't do well. He got judged harshly for and it. And if he had, I mean, we've talked about this on like three episodes in a row now, so I'm not going to get back into it too much. Yeah. But if he had stuck with that, and this movie's kind of an attempt to get back to that serious performance. And I think this is another staying alive moment where. I don't because it's a nineteen percent Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this is a nineteen percent. This movie got nominated more... for three Razzies for worst actor. Bullshit. Worst supporting actress Bullshit. for uh, Sally. Bull. Well, yeah. And Sally worst screenplay, really... which I. No, this is not a great screenplay. It's, it's not, the, not worst. the fuck you Razzies. Yeah, the Razzies are bad. John Travolta officially. wasn't horrible in this movie. He was actually pretty good. Yeah. I think the, the strongest part parts is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. John Travolta's chemistry yeah. is good. Yeah, they this, have good chemistry. Of I, our three most recent like Travolta movies, Staying Alive, Two of a Kind, and this, this was my favorite of the three. I would agree. I thought they I agree. this had the makings of a good movie and just didn't live up to it. All three of those, he has a love interest, and this love interest has my, been my favorite. Yes, she's a very compelling character. It's just yes. because Jamie Lee Curtis is a very compelling yes. actress. Yeah, and they do very well together. Have, have you ever seen Blue Steel? Random no. side. If you ever get a chance, watch the movie Blue Steel with Jamie Lee Curtis. She plays a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing movie. Yeah. Another f- box office failure that I like, kind of derailed her movie star career. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but had that movie been success, we would have had so many great Jamie Lee Curtis action movies. I'm so sad it didn't. Damn. But anyway, damn. Watch Watch Blue Steel if you listen to this. It's hard to find, but if you find it, it's well worth it. Okay, good to know. Um, but yes, this movie not. I I enjoyed it. I gave it. A, I gave it a three out of five. It's a gentleman six. I would say in the Rotten Tomato meter, I would put this at 40. 40? 40, 40 flat. I put I put it at sixty. I put it like right on the precipice. So you of, would make it fresh. I put it right on the precipice of fresh and run. I don't think sixty would be fresh. Yes, it would be fresh. So you would say it's fresh. I yes. wouldn't say it's fresh. It definitely has its obvious issues yeah. for me. I would not watch it a second time willingly. Yeah, I think there's more ambition and interesting stuff in this that kind of pushes me yeah. over the finish line. It definitely doesn't deserve a nineteen. But you know who else likes this movie? Who else likes Quentin Tarantino? Really? I've, he, in a 1994 interview with Rolling Stone, the subject of this movie. Interesting. Quentin Tarantino called the movie greatly underappreciated, in part due to Jamie Lee Curtis's performance. Wow. Tar- I like that. Tarantino is a defender of perfect. He thinks they're... I mean, I haven't found the rest. I don't know specifically what he likes about yeah. it, but to him, this is a more interesting movie than it is sold at, that it seems to be, which I agree with. Yeah. I think there's a lot of cool stuff in here yeah and it could have been a great movie with a few more passes of the screenplay yeah shorter runtime i think that part of the reason this movie got such terrible reception that did is kind of there was a dog pile effect on travolta around this time yeah he's he's a popular punching bag that's sad yeah it's like you know he had his time and people were like oh this he's already washed up and so it's easy to be like another failure Kick for him Tra- while he's down. I mean, we're we're doing the same thing in some respects. We're like ah, another failure for this guy, but at least we're tr- we're hoping for all a these. Fail- I mean, two of a kind was a failure. Yeah, that was a bad movie. Yeah, that was a bad movie. But staying alive, I I, I it, it, it I'm trying what I'm trying to say. Yes, it's going back to what you know, being comfortable. Yeah. But at the same time, it is still a risk. Yeah, Th- these are bad movies that. At least, or at least some of them have, comp- like they're trying. At least. They are trying, and he's tr- yes, and he's trying to make it work again. And I don't even think, if it's not. And like we've watched movies that have just bad Travolta performances. Yes, and I honestly don't think either of the three films we've watched has been a truly bad Travolta performance. Mm. They've not been great. They've not been great. Two of isn't fabulous, but he's fine in it. He's fine. Yeah, Yeah. he's fine. He didn't deserve a Razzie for that. He didn't deserve a Razzie for this movie especially. Yes. Um, I would say he's like doing the same like blowout, like not too eccentric, but kind of like in a a steady pace. Is he blowout loveless? No, but he's doing the work and he's accomplishing it. Yeah. And I think that um, this, yeah, this movie is just a victim of the dogpile effect. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... I don't want to get back into the blowout thing, but yeah, yeah it is. It is really sad because yeah. like I have, I don't hate him yet. You yeah. know, I have yet to watch a movie that has made me hate John Travolta yes. so far. I want to see this guy do a good movie. Yeah. And the fact that we have how many more to go before Pulp Fiction? Like nine more. <sighs> we have a rough few weeks coming up. Yeah. I'm just like, I know probably one of them is going to be the breaking point for me. Yeah. I'll be like, you know, maybe John Travolta isn't that good. And then we get to Pulp Fiction I mean, and it reinvigorates it a little bit. But so far, I don't think that. Yeah. So far, I think he's still got it. I mean, going back to our moment by moment episode of all things, mm. we talked about that quote from Lily Tomlin about Travolta as an actor being this guy of like contradictions. Yeah. Now, 
his like femininity and sexuality and all this like stuff. Moment by moment is an example of a bad Travolta yes, a bad, performance. a bad movie, a bad performance. Yes, he has struggled to talk. About that it. is a Razzie performance yes. right there. He has but, not um, done anything to that part yet. But going back to that quote, um, it takes Travolta is an actor who isn't always going to give you a great performance. It takes a special director, I feel like, to get that out of him and figure it out. Yeah, and he's struggling to find those directors right now. Who yeah, know how to get, who know how to coax a performance out of him, and how to want to touch him, and how to use him correctly. Yeah, and it'll take a while before we get to a point where people are willing or not willing, but the right people have him as their like play doh model. Yeah. To I'm just with. trying to think of those directors who were big in the '80s. And I like, mean, we're coming up to one of them next week. Um, Robert Altman. <laughs> yeah um i'll use that to segue in because we'll be talking a fair bit about all this next week yeah and i think we've kind of just summarized perfect how we feel about it it's not terrible it's not perfect but it's not terrible yeah and um yeah i would recommend one watch i would recommend a watch of it if you have an afternoon free just give it a shot be Mm -hmm. open to it yes check out check out perfect i found a great eight dollar box set of movies online that has Three modern Travolta movies and then press this for some reason. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. But yeah, um, after the failure of this movie, Travolta will sing. He does not do another movie for like five years. Aside from the aside one. From the, uh, the aside from the one we're covering next week, which is like a half a movie in a TV that aired on TV. Is it, so his next movie isn't until the 89, 90s? It isn't until 89. 80, oh. He goes from perfect in 85, actually four years. Uh, perfect in 85 to... The experts and look who's talking in eighty nine. Two movies. Two movies in one year. Is that was? Do you think that was? And I'm sure we might talk about this in the next episode, but I feel like it's valid now. Do you think that was a purposeful sabbatical? Um, I think it's partially purposeful. I think it was a mix of him wanting to take some time off and also people not giving him the roles he wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and then he comes back and kind of just squats for a little bit until Pulp Fiction. Yeah. But talking about that uh, that sabbatical, we have the one movie, the one thing that he did during that sabbatical called Basements. Basements. Which we'll be covering next week. Thank you all for listening to this episode on Perfect. Yeah. We hope you guys will join us next week for Basements. To clarify, we're only covering half of Basements. Yeah, because it's a uh, two-parter. It is two movies filmed separately. Completely independent that are just packaged as one thing called basements. Yeah. They They're, aren't related to each other, yes. which is why we felt like we could just cover they, the dumbwaiter yeah. portion. We felt like we could only cover the one section called the dumbwaiter. They're both adaptations of plays by the same guy, which yeah. is the only reason they're packaged together. They're Harold Pinter plays. Yeah. Um, but we're only covering the dumbwaiter. If you're interested in watching it, you can watch it exclusively on YouTube in VHS rip quality. Oh, yeah. With Arabic subtitling. <laughs> Yeah, I um, we're gonna talk about that. But that, yeah. that was the only way we could find to watch this movie. But uh, it's out there. It the is du- out it's there. called the Dumb Waiter. Do you think it's in the public domain? I would say not. So we can't watch it yeah. while we. But it was it was directed by Robert Altman, <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about a fair bit next week. Yeah. Um, but hey, thank you all for listening. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can pop. Uh, you can contact us at Travolting Pod on Twitter or Instagram. You can also see updates, fun stuff, clips from the episodes, all that business on those platforms. 
You can pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. It had our, its first post. Our first post. Our first post. Thank it you, exists. Reddit user, I'm gonna, and Eddie. Yes, I'm going to actually update that Reddit uh, sometime this week, just Ooh. so that it doesn't just say the devil's reign at the top of it right now. Yeah. Because that's what it says. Um, if you have any comments or questions, you can email us, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find me on Instagram at StuartElmore95. Big thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design. In studio. In live, studio. One live. day only. <laughs> no comma. No comma. Uh, and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for our theme music, which you are hearing right, right now. now. Thank you, folks. Come back next week. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. All right, we're recording. Yabba dabba do. <laughs> no. All right. All right. All right. For, for realsies, we'll, uh, for realsies, we'll for realsies. get started. You know, I've always used these intros. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I did the same thing for Blowout. You, Have you listened to did Blowout? Did you put it at yeah. the end? Have you? No. I, like, I put the full intro in. Because like, the intro for Blowout is, are you recording? I'm like, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Because you didn't have headphones, remember? You haven't uploaded Blowout yet. Yeah. <clears throat> Blowout's on. Fake news. Oh, I didn't put it on the episode files. It's it's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. Blood hasn't aired yet. It Urban Cowboy came out last week. Blood doesn't come out until tomorrow. What? I need to check something. Oh, then I might have fucked up. I think uh I accidentally uploaded Blood to YouTube today. Is it on YouTube? It's on YouTube right now. Oh yeah, there it is. So I guess for our folks listening, <clears throat> um, you got blowout a day early on YouTube. Uh, for real, we should not use this intro. We should put this at the end <laughs> because this is disastrous. Already. I think it's a fine intro. I'm just double checking, making sure it didn't come out. Okay, it didn't come out on. So on all of our podcast platforms, blowout has not come out yet. It okay. will come out tomorrow. I did schedule that correctly. For some reason, I guess when I scheduled the YouTube one, I hit it a day early or something. Okay. My apologies for that, Jeff. All right. Our YouTube crowd isn't that big, though. Yeah, I mean, it's 12 people so far. That's not bad. Well, I think it's our Apple podcast is surprisingly <laughs> kicking off. I think yeah. even more so than our Spotify. Yeah, Apple podcast is the most successful. Yeah. Because it just comes with your iPhone. You don't have to have a subscription. Right, yeah. So. Anyway, let's do the real intro. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to stop recording. But... Oh, no, don't stop recording. Okay. But we should put the preceding part of this at the end, like we did for okay. Greece. Okay, so... Um, uh, Perfect intro, take two. Yes. You don't have to clap. <laughs> well, it's giving you a little spike. That's true. All right, we got the spike. Yeah, we got. Well, you have two spikes now. Well, this one actually peaked. Oh. Okay, I guess that wasn't good enough. It's fine. It's not about how loud you can be, Jeff. It's about. It's not about how hard you hit. It's about how, how hard, hard you get, get hit. Get, get back up. up. That's how it is done. Forward. That's how it is done. That was a terrible Stallone you were doing. No, I thought that was pretty good. Terrible.